Welcome back, friends. You're listening to Parenting for the Culture right here on the Black Love Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Cherise Sims. As always, I like to start with the peak and pit of my day. Um, The peak of my day is, you know, that I woke up and I'm alive and I have breath and health and beautiful family and an amazing job and all those good things. So I'm thankful for all of that. And the pit of my day, it's still grass prices. It's still gas prices. I feel like I've said this on like five different episodes and they tried to trick me. Like gas went from like $7 and then there was one hour that it was about five thirty nine, And I was like, oh, it's going back down. And then an hour later, it just went right back up to like six eighty six. So gas prices are the pit, especially because I have a gas guzzling giant bus. And y'all think I'm playing when I say bus. When you actually see the bus, you're going to be surprised. You're going to be like, oh, she wasn't playing. She for real has a bus. Yes, it's a bus, and it costs hundreds of dollars to put gas in the gas tank of the Sims bus. But I have a bus, so that's a peak because I get to take all of my giant family around. Um, and speaking of giant families, y'all, I am recording in my house again where there are 10 of us and bunnies and other things that are probably here that I don't even know are here. There's actually even a friend here. So we have extra people. There's 11 humans in this house. My husband's on a Zoom call. The kids are doing their thing. So if you hear anything, and there could be a wealth of things that you hear, just please know that that's what's going on. I live by a very loud street. You know that children, like, they scream, and we don't know if it's good screams or bad screams. But after six children, I'm pretty good at identifying the difference between, like, I'm in danger and I need help scream, and I'm having fun scream. So that's what's going on here. Let's just put it out there because you're probably going to hear them. And y'all, it's spooky season. We are getting ready for Halloween. We're four days out from Halloween, so y'all probably already have your costumes. I have no costume tips for you. I have one costume tip. (laughs) If you do not yet have a costume, y'all can follow in the footsteps of my mother-in-law, who once dressed her son, my husband, in a trash bag for Halloween. (laughs) Because Halloween was approaching, he had no costume, and he was like, Mommy, what am I going to wear for Halloween? And she panicked and was like, Oh, we're going to figure something out. So she poked four holes in that, you know, that like the garden trash bag, like that you put the leaves in that has the tie around it. She put four holes in that. She put his legs through, his arms through, and she tied that little... <laughs> she, she tied the bow around the neck, and he said, Mom, what am I supposed to be? And she said, son, you a bag of trash. (laughs) So if you don't have a Halloween costume, get creative. You can be a bag of trash. Um, Or you can do what me and my friends did when we heard that story, which was nowhere around Halloween. But we all decided that we had to dress up as bags of trash to honor the worst Halloween costume we ever heard about. And one of my friends took it a step further and became trashé. And she wore fishnet stockings and heels and poked trash in and out the bag and did her makeup fabulous. Y'all, I don't, her name is Majita. If you know her, you know. I don't know anybody else in this world who can make a bag of trash look like Kotor and like a runway, but she did it and she looked fabulous. So that's my costume tip take it or leave it. Uh, but I do wanna talk about the scariest part of Halloween, which is like the candy and the meltdowns and crazy children that all these people who are giving them free candy, none of them have to go home with these kids. And we do. And it's scary as hell because these kids turn into actual monsters by the end of the night. So let's talk a little bit about how to 
manage the Halloween meltdowns. You know, there's a lot of candy, there's sugar highs, uh, there's overstimulation from the giant like three hour block party that that we just did walking up and down these blocks going trick or treating. And then we come home and there are for sure meltdowns. So as always, like we expect our kids to be kids. We expect that they're going to do what they do. And rather than trying to change them, because that's extremely hard, rather than trying to speed up their development and what they are and are not capable of managing emotionally, mentally, intellectually, we are just going to do what we do here on Parenting for the Culture. And we are going to prepare ourselves as parents. We are going to prepare for the meltdown. We are going to prepare for the chaos. And we are going to be ready for Halloween so that we can have as peaceful of a Halloween as possible so that everybody can enjoy it. So I want to talk about a few tips for managing Halloween. Now we have four days left, so you still have time to do this. But one of the best things I would say is one, decide what you want your Halloween to look like. Halloween is one of those holidays like either you have decided that bedtime is out the window, we're going to get home when we get home, and we are going to go to sleep when we go to sleep. Or you have decided like, no, my child is still a terrorist if they don't get X amount of hours of sleep and I need them to still go to bed at night. So decide what you want Halloween to look like. Is there a bedtime? Is there not a bedtime? Are we pigging out on candy? Are we not? Like, figure out how you want it to look because that'll help you better prepare your whole day. And once you prepare your whole day, let's say you decide that you're going to pick your child up from school at 3, you're going to stay at the little school festival that they're having. I know your school is having a festival, so that's probably going to go to like 3.30 or 4, where they're going to start off their rounds of like candy and popcorn and cotton candy and ice cream and whatever else. So decide you're going to stay there till 4. Then I would suggest that in between the school party and in between whatever time you're going to go trick-or-treating, give yourself and your child a moment to kind of like try to re-regulate a little bit. Because at this point, after a day of everybody wearing costumes, children doing the costume parade, having the little festival at school, your child is already overstimulated. They've already had a party all day long. So number one is like give them a chance to re-regulate, calm down, slow down. Maybe this is a walk around the block together, which um, I don't know that I would suggest a walk. Y'all about to walk a bunch for trick-or-treating. But maybe you do yoga together at the house. Maybe you sit down and read a book together. Maybe you have a healthy snack. This is actually one of those days that I would make sure to, and you can even make it a tradition of yours, but like have a really nice, healthy, hearty, early dinner before you go trick-or-treating. Because this is going to kind of um, curve that appetite for all of the sugar and candy that they want to get. So kind of like fill them up before you leave. Give them the energy that they're going to need to do all the walking that they're going to do. Because that's another thing is like we often talk about listing. Why are they behaving this way, right? Are they hungry? Are they angry? Are they tired? Um, so get the hunger out of the way because they're going to be doing more walking than they've done on a regular basis. And like I said, they've already partied. So their bodies have already used more energy than usual and are about to use more energy than usual. So they're going to need fuel for that energy to be able to maintain and manage and regulate all the emotions that are going to come along with everything else. So start off with like a nice dinner together at the table where you can sit and talk about the day, talk about all the excitement, and then go trick-or-treating. Figure out what time you want to get home for bath time, bedtime, whatever that's going to look like, right? Figure that out. Decide for what you want it to look like. Then have that conversation with your child. 
You want your child to buy into the same vision that you do because frustration happens when we have a blueprint, we have an idea for what it looks like, and then the reality of the situation doesn't meet the blueprint. But a lot of times our blueprints include like all these other people and variables and we don't tell them at all what we thought it was going to look like. So if you know that you're going to pick them up from school, you're going to hang out for half an hour, you're going to come home, you're going to have dinner on today or tomorrow, start having that conversation with them. I'm so excited for Halloween. Are you excited? What are you most looking forward to? You know what I'm looking forward to? The dinner we're going to have before we go trick-or-treating. And like, talk to them about what that day is going to look like so they're not surprised, so that they don't have any of their own expectations, because most likely they already have their expectations. So also talk about that. Like, Find out what they think it's going to look like so you can address whether or not it's actually going to look like that. Because I know your children are exciting counting down the days till Halloween. And they might think that they're going to be out in these streets until it's dark, past it's dark. And you might be thinking, we going to get home before the streetlights come up. Like we are going to do half an hour, hour of trick-or-treating and we are going to be home when the sun is up. That might cause your first meltdown because they were looking forward to seeing lights and being out in the dark going trick-or-treating. So have these conversations with them and set them up to know what it's going to look like. Another thing I would say is like, depending on who you are and how you want to do it, decide how long you're going to be out. And rather than just telling them we're going to trick-or-treat for an hour, kind of try to map out like how many houses you think that might be. And even think about the amount of candy. Like if you only want them getting candy from five houses, tell them we're going to go to five houses. And once we go to five houses, we're going to go home. This doesn't mean that you have to shorten the period. You guys can actually walk around, look at the houses, look at the decorations, and have them choose which houses look like the most fun to go to and have them choose the five houses, count down each one, be like, oh, we went to one. Now how many? (laughs) We got four more. Which four are you going to choose? Right? You could do it like that if you want to, or you could just say, we're going to go for this long. But again, try to decide what you want that to look like so you can prepare them for it earlier on. One of the things to think about is like, what are the mishaps that you think might happen? One of the mishaps I can foresee is that your child gets a piece of candy that they don't want, but they see a piece of candy that they want in that bucket. And your child might have a fit because they want the other thing. And you're embarrassed because they're throwing a fit and they look ungrateful because they just got free candy and they should just get what they get and not get upset. So think about where Halloween, where trick-or-treating might go wrong. And again, prep them for that. Have those conversations with them. You can even practice at home. Y'all, my kids have been trick-or-treating in my house for like a month. They have literally been running around from one door to the next door. They done trick-or-treated at their grandparents' door. There's no candy anywhere. (laughs) Like They're not getting candy, but they have put on their costumes. They have practiced knocking on all the doors and they have practiced saying trick-or-treat. And so these, for me, are kind of opportunities to be like, and what happens if you, what if someone gives you a banana when you trick-or-treat? And they might laugh and think it's funny, but it actually gives me an opportunity to plant that seed for them so that they're not surprised if and when they get a candy that they don't like. So they're a little more prepped for it. We can even practice how we want to address it so that they're not falling out at some stranger's house or trying to tear up all the candy or whatever it is you think might happen. Now, when you get home, 
this is the real fun part, right? We done had a fun day. We got all the cute pictures. I know y'all made some reels for your social media. You know you about to get all the likes. You hoping you go viral because we got all the cute stuff. But now you're home and the real scary part is starting. And y'all, I want you to tape that part, okay? Can we can we not just post the highlight reels, but like post the real reels? So go on and get your cameras ready for when you get home and all the crazy stuff is really about to start happening. Go ahead and get that part, but not in a way that embarrasses your child. Maybe just do like a, a you know, real mom's confessional in the bathroom of your experience with it. Um, but you're going to get home and your child is going to probably expect that they're about to eat all of the candy. They're probably going to be having a hard time coming down from the high of being out and partying all night and being on these streets and the rush and the dopamine rush of getting all this candy and all this free stuff, right? So it's probably going to be very hard to like settle them down. And they are probably going to look at you all kinds of crazy if you tell them that it's bedtime. Like, who cares <laughs> that we've been partying all day? It seems reasonable to you, but their body is still telling them that it is time to party and the fun has not stopped. So just, again, be prepared for that. Be ready for that. Have the conversations with them to prepare them for that. And you can actually prepare them by telling them, when we get home, you're probably going to still feel really excited. And you're probably going to still really want to be doing active stuff. But we also have to take care of our body. And that's going to look like this. So when we prep our children, we're not just telling them what the night's going to look like. Sometimes we're actually prepping them and telling them like what it might look like and feel like for them within their bodies so that when it happens, they recognize it and kind of feel like they had a preview. Like, oh, my mom did tell me that this might be hard. And even if their brains don't do that, we can reference back. Oh, remember when I told you this might be really hard? I get that. I expected that. Here's what we can do. So kind of prep yourself, prep your child, have the conversations. I love to role play with my children. I love to just pretend play and pretend like I'll reverse roles and say, you know, I'll be the child, you be the parent. And then I'll kind of act out how I think it'll feel. You know how our children love to tell us the whole script of how the game is supposed to go. So I'll do the same thing. I'll be like, okay, now I'm going to be the kid. I'm going to trick or treat. Now you be the parent. You tell me it's time for bed. And then I'll act out how I think they might act out. They, they think it's hilarious, but it really does provide us an opportunity to practice what it's going to look like, to practice the language, to practice how we can react differently and get our things done. Now, when it comes to candy... I hate, I hate Halloween for the amount of candy. Can people, I know it's so boring to children, but like, can people start giving out books <laughs> or like toys? Can you give out a fidget spinner or like one of them balls where you bounce it and it lights up? Y you still have four days. So if you didn't go buy all your candy yet, go ahead and buy some things that are fun and not candy, please, for me and for other parents like me who don't want their children to have a bunch of candy. But on the other hand, like, I do remember what it was like being a child. And I'm not going to lie. I remember what it was like being a teenager, too, <laughs> and trick-or-treating and getting all the free candy. I just got triggered by my own thought, y'all. I remember my last Halloween trick-or-treating. I think I was like 14, 15 years old. And one family looked at me and they were like, aren't you too old? Y'all, my feelings were so hurt. <laughs> I was so hurt. I did not think I was too old. I was out there really trying to get my free candy and having the time of my life. Anyways, 
what was I, I told I really got lost. I really got lost in my trauma from my last Halloween. What was I talking about? I remember very well what it feels like to get all that free candy. You know, when you get the pillowcase, you're like, forget the plastic pumpkin bucket. Like, I'm out here to get candy. So you go and you grab your pillowcase. And then the next year after that, you grab like the king size pillowcase. Like, you don't even want the twin size pillowcase. You really out here trying to get candy. So I remember what that's like. I remember how exciting it is. I remember coming home and like separating all my candy by the kinds of candy that it was. You you know, you have your pile of Snickers, your pile of Skittles, your pile of whatever else they give you. So I remember how fun that is. So if you want your child to enjoy in that kind of fun as well, here are some things you can do so that they can have that fun. They can sort their candy. They can get all the candy, but you can still manage how much they're eating. So for one, again, decide how much they're allowed to have or going to have on that night. Tell them before the night starts. Tell them before the day starts and then keep reminding them. As they get candy at every house, remind them, be like, oh, I wonder which which four you're going to choose to eat tonight or which five you're going to choose to eat tonight. I personally, I like, I think I give my children like half an hour or an hour. I think it's like a full movie. We'll watch a movie on Halloween and I'll tell them like, you guys have this whole movie to eat all the candy y'all going to eat. And then that candy has to leave our house. That's what I do. And I've been doing it for years, so nobody's surprised, nobody's disappointed, nobody's mad. Everybody is still searching like I hid the candy somewhere, but no one's surprised when they can't find it, right? So that's what we do. I give them a specific amount of time for that night. And I know that sounds dangerous, like they might end up real sick and they might end up real sick. For me personally, I'm like, they might end up real sick and then they'll learn to like listen to their body a little more next time or slow down a little more next time. Or they might end up perfectly fine. And with us, the way we've been doing it for for that long, when I give them like a long period of time that they can just eat as much as they want, they typically tend to listen to their body. They like don't feel rushed and they kind of just eat the candy as they can and as they want and you know, they take it easy, but that's neither here nor there. So you can do something like that, or you can get little baggies and like sort the candy. You know, you could say, okay, you can have this much candy tonight, and then we're going to save our other candy for Saturdays or for Fridays or for whatever day you want to save it for, right? And then you can have them be a part of separating the candy and putting it into Ziploc bags and storing it somewhere. If you're going to store it, I highly suggest you store it somewhere that the children don't know about or can't get to. The same way we want to prepare ourselves, like we don't want to set our children up to be doing things they're not supposed to be doing. If there's candy in the house, they're going to eat the candy. So if you put the candy somewhere that's in plain sight, please don't go get mad at your child for eating the candy. Like you as the parents should move the candy so they can't get the candy because they're kids and they're going to do what they do. So I suggest moving the candy out of the way. Um, But some other things that you can do, I was looking up like, how can we manage all this candy? And I found a few really cool things. So one is my mom is a science teacher and she's always doing science experiments with the kids. Like, you know, the Skittles one where you put the Skittles around the paper plate and then I, I don't know if they pour milk in or dish soap. I don't know what they do. But then you watch all the colors bleed to the middle. So if you wanted like, You can tell your children, once we get all the candy, we're going to set aside a certain amount that we're going to get to eat. We're going to set aside a certain amount that we're going to save for fun science projects, or we're going to put aside a certain amount that we're going to save for fun crafts and activities. And then go ahead and be a Pinterest mom for like a week or two 
Go on Pinterest, find different crafts and activities and science experiments that you can do with candy, and there are plenty. So you can like repurpose your candy. You don't have to eat it all. You can also teach children about like exchange and value, right? So if you know that there is a certain toy or book or Maybe my children love lip gloss and nails. I, I don't know. My nine-year-old, she loved nails. My uh, four-year-old, she thinks she loved nails. So, you know, she got the little Hello Kitty press-ons. But they're into that. They're into nails. They're into lip gloss. My oldest child, she's into books. All of them are into things like hoverboards and jump ropes and bubbles and different things. So one thing that I can do is I could print out pictures if I want. I could create some type of Google Drive with the pictures that they could choose from. And I'm saying pictures because we all know that children are very visual, right? So we could talk about it, but it's better if we can show it to them. But we can give them the opportunity to use their candy as money. And they can exchange X amount of candy to buy a certain toy that they've wanted. Or maybe they've been wanting to go to the pier or they've been wanting to go to the movies. So you could tell them like, okay, you could trade 10 candies for a trip to the movies, or you could trade 20 candies for this doll you've been wanting. And then you give your child a chance to feel in control and feel powerful and also like not be disappointed that they're not getting the candy. They're excited about what they are getting. They are getting this lesson and idea of like value, worth, not worth, value and trading and, um, you know, how, what is it, cost and exchange, they're getting that mini lesson as a child. And that's a really cool lesson to give them. They're also getting the feeling of control that they get to choose whether or not they're giving up their candy for a toy. And then when they give up their candy, it's not like, it's not a fight. They chose this and they're excited about the toy. Um, and they're learning the power of like patience and delayed gratification. Because they have this candy in front of them that they probably want to eat. And teaching a child about delayed gratification can be very hard. But this is a great opportunity to teach them how sometimes you can use something you have right now and turn it into something else that you can get tomorrow or on the weekend or whenever you're going to make that exchange. So that's one that I really, really loved. I've never done it before. Um, I've done different forms of that in the house. And we'll talk about that on another episode. But I really love that idea of being able to use their candy as currency for buying an experience or an item that they have been wanting. So my friends, those are some of the tips that I have for y'all. I hope that that will help you. I trust that it will. And I hope that you will use them and implement them today because Again, we're four days away, so start telling them what it's going to look like today. Start getting them excited today. And then hopefully you'll have a more peaceful Halloween, or at least you'll be prepared. And go ahead and get yourself some candy on Halloween, too. You deserve it. You did all the walking. You bought the Halloween costume. You did all the prepping. So go ahead and eat your candy with your kids. And you can even tell them beforehand. You're going to be like, hey, you're going to get some candy from mommy at one house or however you want to do it, y'all. But enjoy your day. Enjoy your Halloween. Enjoy your candy. Enjoy your kids. And don't forget to join the Parenting for the Culture podcast club. 
If you listen today, we are meeting tomorrow. We meet on Fridays live via Zoom so that we can talk more about Halloween. What's scary? What's not? What works? What doesn't? Um, But I'm here to build community and support you all. So you can find the link for the podcast club right here in the show notes or over on my Instagram at Sheree Sims in my link tree in my bio. Um, And I also want to remind you to get your tickets to the Black Love Summit. We are around the corner from the Black Love Summit. I'm going to be there. There are going to be so many amazing people there. I'm excited about it. And it's always, it is really always a place of like inspiration, motivation, and that feeling of feeling seen, feeling heard, feeling validated. Like you just really get all of that when you attend these events. So make sure that you check out the link right here in the show notes, or you head over to Sharice Sims on Instagram and check out the link in my link tree. But you will find your Black Love Summit tickets there. And I hope to see you at Black Love Summit. So your homework this week has nothing to do with parenting in the realm of what you're going to do with your children. Your homework this week is to head over to the link in the show notes or head over to the link in my link tree and buy your ticket to the Black Love Summit. Because to be a great parent, you have to take care of the person before the parent. And this is definitely your self-care. So get your ticket and I will see you guys there. Take care, everybody. Happy Halloween. That's my ghost sound. (laughs) 